What's up, everyone? We're back again with another episode of the Thermo Diet Podcast. My name is Christopher Walker, and I'm here with uh, Jay. Damn it, I I had a name, but I forgot it. Jayton Miller, Mueller. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so Jayton and I are here. How's it going? Pretty good. Pretty good. Do you have any new nicknames? Ah, uh, man, the Wolf of Pearl Street. <laughs> the Wolf of, Wolf of Pearl Street. Nice. Pearl Street, we're here uh, off of Pearl Street in, in uh, Boulder, Colorado, for those people who don't know. So that makes sense. Damn, I'm jealous of that name. <laughs> I want that name. It's uh, for the Thermo Market that's coming out pretty soon. Thermo Market, yeah. Yeah. So cool. So today we're going to be talking about um, why we do what we do. Yeah. Yeah. That would be an interesting idea. Jayton brought it up. Just kind of give a bit of a backstory, especially for people that are that don't really know us very well. Um, that this might be helpful, shed some light on stuff. Heck yeah! So, uh, what got you started on this journey, and why did you decide to spread it to the world? Uh, so, so back when I was when I was seventeen, I was still in high school, and I started having a lot of health problems. Hmm. Um, lost like a ton of weight, super skinny depressed, everything, um, had no idea really what was happening. And by the time I was, uh, done with my freshman year at Duke, I was, I had to take, I, I went back for the sophomore year for a little while, uh, a couple months, but I was so like massively depressed and, um, uh, had like really bad hormone problems at that point, uh, that I had to take a medical leave from school and like basically figure out what was going on. And then it, it wasn't until probably um, that that following spring that I actually finally asked the doctor, like, give me a blood test. I need a blood test. And because they were, the I had all these problems and the doctor was literally like, they'd never measure my blood. Hmm. Um, and they, they even put me in therapy. They were prescribing me like antidepressants and whatever. And I had to go to therapy. Like, are you fucking kidding me? And the... Um, so I go in and I finally get this blood test and he looks at it for one second. He's like, Oh God, I got to send you to a specialist. There's a lot of stuff wrong here. Um, so he sent me to a hematologist oncologist in Northern Virginia who ran a full blood panel at that point. I was 19 and he was like, I think you have a brain tumor. So then, uh, we got the MRI and it was there in my pituitary. And I was like, Oh, Jeez. Um, so that whole thing, and then essentially that like led me down this road of, cause the only options that they gave were surgery or, um, medication for the rest of my life. And I was like, I don't really want to do either one of those. And that doesn't sound good. Um, so I tried to solve it naturally and ended up getting rid of all the symptoms naturally. And so over that process, that that's like how I've really started learning, like kind of the roots of thermo philosophy and then it's been developing over the last 10 years since then into what it is now, um, just through self-learning and so forth. Uh, but part of what's fueling it was just even the the bad experience with the medical establishment as it exists right now. I mean, the fact that they that I had a brain tumor and they never tested my blood, even with all the symptoms present, they never did a blood test to figure out what was actually happening, like any sort of data. Uh, and they were willing to just give me 
antidepressants and put me in a group therapy. Like mm -hmm. it's just so backwards. So I was, I, that's been fueling a lot of my, my, uh, drive right now building Umzu and Thermo be just because of the, um, the nature of that. It's like, and I know that everyone else experiences stuff like that as well. Cause, because that's literally how it operates the, the medical system. Like they don't, look for real data. They don't have like a systemic view of how the body works. Um, everyone is a specialist and they all focus on their own specialty. Uh, um, just for those people who don't know, I finished my degree at Duke in neuroscience. So I learned how to read research. I learned how to, I, I learned a lot about the research industry in and of itself. Cause that's a big research institution and there's a huge hospital there, Duke med. And uh, some of the you know top doctors and researchers in the world work there, but I also learned all the the bad sides to it that no one ever talks about, and the fact that like there still is so much unknown, so much bias, so much dogma uh, that the way that stuff runs, and it's just it just blows my mind. It continues to all the time, and just like how backwards this whole system really is um, t for for helping people to heal themselves. Hmm. Like that, that whole medical establishment is not set up in present day to help you heal yourself at all. And so that's really like the, the backstory of like the why I'm sitting here right now with what we have right now, um, building Umzu. I mean, we have like the best natural formulas for helping you, you helping actually work with your body using natural ingredients, help your body to heal itself because it's a self-healing organism and that's like that goes back to the idea of with thermo with the activators and blockers like the concept of of uh, introducing certain things into your body to help it heal itself mm -hmm. and then eliminating other things from your your experience and your your biology that are going to cause uh cause you to move away from health hmm. the blockers mm -hmm. so um that's really how it how it's evolved, and then um, you know my main in terms of like online and, and just kind of body of work stuff. The the first thing I ever did was was I was like obsessively focused on testosterone levels, uh, personally, because in the the pituitary gland is like kind of the seat of the brain, and it controls your endocrine system, all the communication in your body for your endocrine system. So. Um, you know, I had other problems, but it, th that was like the highlight for a 19 year old guy having low testosterone, like next to zero. So I just got obsessed with testosterone and naturally raised it like pretty high and figured out s systematically how people can do it. You know, using the, what we call the, ma the masculine optimization pyramid, focus on micronutrients first, nutrition, lifestyle elements, um, eliminating blockers within the lifestyle elements. That's probably where the blockers started from. Like a lot, it's a lot of lifestyle stuff. Mm -hmm. And then in exposure to things and, and that sort of thing. And then um, uh, like training principles and, and uh, supplementation, which I've always been like really into supplements. Uh, so it's naturally fitting that I own a supplement company because mm -hmm. they're cool. Like they're really freaking cool. And, and when you start to realize like how many cool compounds there are out there um, that actually perform. I mean, a lot of drugs, like big pharma drugs are actually just made off of they're synthetically um, modified to be, you know, unique and patentable. Mm -hmm. But they look at natural compounds to do so. Like that's where they start most of this stuff. They're looking for like, what can we make proprietary 
and controllable and FDA regulated so that we can sell a ton of this stuff without any competition to people. The problem is in, I mean, you see it even in, in a lot, it's going on a lot right now in the cannabis industry. Uh, they're doing the same stuff like where people like you take a plant that has uh, um, a lot of different properties and compounds like within the plant, right? So tons of plants, you can extract all sorts of stuff from plants uh, that are very helpful. And people have been doing it for thousands of years. Like this is not a new thing, obviously. Like the traditional Chinese medicine and Eastern medicine has always been doing this. And even Western medicine, if you look at the idea of like Native American um, cultures, mm -hmm. they've been using plant extracts forever. Uh, but the pharmaceutical industry is literally like going in there and, and trying to modify things and isolate things and then make synthetic versions with a slight variation on it to, um, you know, make sure that they can ha claim that it's a proprietary thing and then run it through their FDA approval process and so forth. The, the issue with that, what I was going to mention with cannabis is that, um, you end up hurting the body because there are the other things that need to be present typically aren't mm -hmm. when they do that. And then they are modifying the, the molecular structure of these, these compounds so that it can have like some acute effect that someone feels, but that's that, that the lack of, of uh, kind of a, a foresight or, or just maybe even caring uh, leads to all these other side effects. Whereas when you have like a really great um, organic compound, that's, that's like naturally found in nature and uh, it's extracted correctly, then you don't have side effects. You, you can achieve like similar results or better results without the additional side effects. And the side effect thing like makes a lot of sense with the pharma model too, because they're going to sell you drugs for the side effects as well. Mm -hmm. And it's pretty messed up, but it's, that's their business model. Um, and like with cannabis, what they're doing is instead of doing full plant extracts and so forth, uh, in order to, uh, regulate certain and make proprietary, um, you know, drugs, pharmaceutical, uh, stuff to get it through the FDA approval. They're literally just like taking everything, isolating everything, and then adding it back together and, um, omitting certain stuff from, from the, from the drug. Mm -hmm. And then it just doesn't work as well. Um, and it's, I don't know, it's kind of messed up how you can like, how the, the way the system is set up right now with the government that you can like do that and make a inferior compound and then make everything else either demonized or illegal that is competing with you. Yeah. And the, the FDA is really picky about their studies because they tend to uh, cherry pick them. So you can literally have the exact same study with a natural herb that has several different compounds in it that are all beneficial. And then you have an FDA study and they're both rat studies. It's the exact same study, but one of them is a pharmaceutical that they want to push for to sell. And then the other one is just an unclaimed supplement that mm -hmm. they can't regulate. And so they'll basically give a negative connotation to that rat study and push it to the side or not pass it. And then the FDA on the exact same rat study, just on a pharmaceutical, will push it and base their entire like philosophy of that specific pharmaceutical on that one rat study. They don't they don't have any long term evidence, no yeah. human trials or anything. That's a lot of those like uh, perpetuated urban or conventional wisdom 
studies mm-hmm. or or ideas are always they're like based on like really really bad evidence mm-hmm. um but they get perpetuated through the medical community and then the general population starts to believe it as being true mm-hmm. um yeah it's it's backward so that's my why like that's why i'm i'm doing this so fervently i guess because i think there's a better way and people need to know about it hmm. definitely yeah heck yeah what about you why are you so interested in in health um, so it kind of started around the same time. It was around 18 for me whenever I started experiencing problems. So, um, you know, right after football, my senior year, um, I decided that I didn't want to play football in college. I just wanted to go ahead and go to school. And so in doing that, I had all this excess weight that I didn't necessarily need for football. So I decided to drop it and I dropped like probably like 50 pounds in three months, like very quick. Um, and it was not sustainable at all. And I think during that time, I complete, I just completely threw my body out of whack, Mm -hmm. just like all kinds of things started to go wrong. I would be, it would be a hundred degrees outside and I have a sweater and jeans on and I'd be freezing all the time. Yeah. That's a really common thing I hear with rapid weight loss. Mm -hmm. Um, people have bad thyroid issues. Yeah. Yeah. So that was my problem is that I had severe, um, hypothyroidism. And it actually led to, uh, like, um, acute hypogonadism and stuff like that. And then, um, like, my hair was falling out. I couldn't sleep. Whenever I did sleep, it wasn't very good sleep. And then um, I got to the point to where, so that was my senior year in high school. And then I worked that summer, and then I went into school. And whenever I went into school, um, on top of that, I had to deal with the emotional stress of my parents splitting up right whenever I got dropped off at school and so I was doing all of this on my own and there were days that you know I barely even had the strength to throw the covers off whenever I got out of bed you know like I would wake up and there was literally not a single ounce of willpower inside my body to get up and so just thinking back on that experience and then you know, I was following you on Instagram and I was following a whole bunch of people in the repeat community. And I had all the resources at UNT being a pre-med student uh, in the biology department. And so I basically, I had the foundation of what I needed to kind of uh, dig around myself. And so I did that. And then, um, you know, I got into contact with you and that whole story came about. And then I came here and over that time, I kind of, so they put me on T4 Um, which did absolutely nothing. I was on T4 for about a year. Um, Didn't do a single thing. So I stopped taking it. And then um, I basically just have been fighting an uphill battle ever since then. Um, It's a lot better now. I feel fantastic right now. Um, But it's taken a lot of time and it's taken a lot of um, effort. It's been very difficult. But, I mean, you know, over the past year and a half, my especially just like focusing on that. And I find that whenever I focus more on the psychological, that the physiological things just tend to happen and fall into place a lot easier. And so um, that's where my focus has been, especially recently, is just honing in on the psychological things and then letting all of the physiological things just kind of fall into place. Yeah, life is a mental game. Mm-hmm. 
but um, so what, what kind of psychological things would you say would be um, helpful to, to um, get, uh, I guess, build momentum in that, in that sense? Yeah. So I think the biggest thing that helped me at first was just kind of, I was very out of tune with my body. Like I didn't know how to tell, you know, when my fingers got warm, like I, I was just completely um, desensitized to myself in a sense. And so some of the things that I would do was I would meditate and like during this meditation, I would start with breathing for like five minutes. So I would just focus on my breathing. And then after that five minutes, I would move to a specific part of my body and I would focus every ounce of my energy on that one spot and I would think of everything down to the marrow inside of the bone and then I would add every single tissue on top of that and just imagine it coming all the way out into the flesh and the skin and so for instance like a toe I would start with the bone marrow and then the bone and then the muscle tissue and then the fluid that surrounds that and that's in there and then it would be the uh, skin tissue and then the toenail and then Maybe I had a little bit of hair on my toe that I would imagine too, you know? And so I would just break it down in detail as much as possible. And your toe ring? Yeah, yeah. Um, the cherry on top. Yeah. But, yeah, I would say that was probably the biggest thing that allowed me to kind of take that step was um, meditation. And then just, you know, whenever I wasn't doing schoolwork, I was reading or watching a YouTube video, just constantly trying to get my hands on information that could help me. And, you know, I came across a lot of BS, like a lot of it. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the biggest motivators for me is giving the people the tools that they need that's going to work the first time. So they they don't have to go through all of this um, trial and error and basically lose hope because they failed so many times because they didn't have the right tools necessary. And so I want to provide those tools for people to allow them to effectively do that the first time that they do it. Yeah, that's good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because there is a way to do it right. A lot of people get kind of disenfranchised after they try a bunch of stuff over and over, and then they just give up. Mm -hmm. and they're like, well, screw it. I'm, it's genetic. I have no power over my own life. Um, nothing works. Mm-hmm. So, and again, it, that also comes down to a way of thinking about things, which I think is like that, I, that's been a big intention in the thermo concept and the philosophy too, is like, once you start thinking about things in the way of thermo, you see the world really different. Mm -hmm. So you can't unsee that mm -hmm. anymore, but it's a really important mental thing. You start to just look at things like in a different way than most people. And you're like, well, okay, this makes a lot more sense. I have a lot more power over what I'm doing. Um, and it works. So that, that's been an important part of it. Yeah. So whenever you were going through that bout of depression, what was one of the things that kept you going during that time? Uh, I don't know. I've never not thought about going. Yeah. <laughs> Just keep on going. <laughs> Forward motion. Yeah. You know, did no you matter what. Did you have some kind of support system? Uh yeah, I guess. I mean my family. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean one of the things that I learned really fast about 
depression was that it is a biological symptom. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something you can still control. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people with mental health things, they chalk it up to being like, they just say the common thing is like, it's a chemical imbalance in my brain. It's like, well, that's not untrue, but that doesn't mean you can't do anything about it. Right. Especially because it is a chemical thing. You can do something about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and reading the work of William Walsh, I think, is really important. Oh, my gosh, in that yes. sense, like, I mean, he's got formulas, really, based on studying 10,000 patients or something crazy like that, clinically, with uh, depression issues on the mild side, and then all the way up to, like, uh, schizophrenia, mm-hmm. bipolar, Even, everything. Um, autis- autistic spectrum disorder, is that mm-hmm. what it is? Yeah. So he, he even helped a lot of those people, too. Yeah. Which is really interesting. So when you start to see things that way, though, you're like, okay, it, it is, this is a lot, like the law of cause and effect still exists in mm-hmm. this sense. Your brain, your body is not just this black box where the universal laws don't apply. Mm-hmm. So the exact opposite. Uh, yeah. You can totally manipulate your body to to help it heal itself, like, like I was saying. And in the sense of, of like depression, I mean... A lot of depression is just caused by deficiencies. Mm-hmm. Uh, there can be acute depressions caused by like, traumatic experiences, but there's still a biological basis of that. Mm-hmm. It's not just psychological because like psychology feeds the biology and there's a feedback loop there. Mm-hmm. So um, even traumatic experiences, they cause a lot of acute stress, but you can still mitigate stress mm-hmm. through you know, biology, mm-hmm. uh, obviously. Definitely. Because that's where it manifests. It's always manifesting in your body. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, that's kind of what I was learning. And then I learned about, obviously, the hormone effect going on. Um, so there's the micronutrients and the hormones, and they all play together. Mm-hmm. So um, that's how you get out of depression issues. Yeah. No, and it's interesting because, like, whenever cortisol and adrenaline are high, the prefrontal cortex tends to shrink. And so does the hippocampus, and the agmedala um, is basically working overtime, which is really interesting because that's the main. Isn't that the main area where emotions are experienced? And fear. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, so, that's that's what they say. I don't. So it's really that, interesting to kind of correlate those two, and then you can use certain dietary methods and supplements to downregulate adrenaline and cortisol, mm-hmm. and that has a direct impact on that. Yeah, I think. Uh, I'm always I'm always skeptical and curious about like the way that people classify brain regions, because mm-hmm. um, I, I that was all I was exposed to in college. Like <clears throat> even the researchers, they have just I think a very oversimplified view of brain stuff. Um, they're like, oh yeah, there's blood flowing through this area at this point, so it must be the emotion area, <laughs> where it's not untrue that like people. Like in brain stu- in studies, they're going to basically be measuring that, and they're going to look at oh this this person in the study is like experiencing fear, so in this part of the area the brain is lighting up. So okay, that that's good. But I'm I'm just going on a bit of a, a rant here. But the um, I do think it's like there's important. It's still important to look at the the brain in like a holistic view of it. And kind of what you're saying too is like when your adrenaline is high, you're going to see a 
a lack of activity in certain areas that in a concentration of activity in, in another area. And it's kind of more of like a, uh, illustration of like maybe how someone should think about it to make sure that they're not, um, over active in, in certain emotions and, and that sort of thing, mm-hmm. which still can be controlled by biology. Uh, but yeah, anyway, sorry. I don't even know where I was going with that, but I don't either, but <laughs> So, I mean, that's really all I got to as what my why is. Do you have anything else that you'd like to add? Um, yeah, I mean, at this point, it's it's like it's not about me or you. It's it's like we're doing stuff now based on finding a better way for other people to, to walk because it's insane how few resources there are to do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was... I don't know about you, but it was like, it was like really difficult for me to find any sort of like good information that people were actually teaching. Yeah. Um, so that's why it took 10 years to figure it out. (laughs) I had to put the the puzzle pieces together and that's really difficult, especially whenever you don't know what you're looking at. Cause whenever I first started looking into it, I had no idea what I was looking at (laughs) in a lot of it. Yeah. It's a, it's a big puzzle Mm -hmm. and it's still a big puzzle. Like we don't have everything figured out, but I think we have a pretty good foundation established at this point a lot of people are getting really good results and they're feeling way way better Mm -hmm. so we're on the right path um and we're glad that everyone listening and watching is is involved with it Mm -hmm. because there is a better way you don't have to just buy what they're feeding you you know um because it's so backwards the way everything's set up right now so our intention is to give you that better way show you the the path to walk down and and uh, hopefully correct your issues yourself. Heck yeah. So all that being said, you know, we have a, a really great supplement. Um, it was actually the one of the f- very first formulas. I think it was the first formula for Truth Nutra uh, before we changed the name to Umzu. But uh, it's called Cortigon, and this is for people that really want to build a better brain. Like if you are experiencing issues with depression and anxiety and, and uh, focus, memory issues, that sort of thing, uh, a lot of it is tied down to a excess of cortisol, like we've been talking about. Mm-hmm. And uh, cortigon, naturally by the name, you can tell the original intention is really just formulate something that can help you regulate cortisol naturally and lower your cortisol naturally. And the cool thing about it is that the other ingredients in it as well, like all the ingredients are synergistic. They all work together really well, mm. but they're all designed to support your uh, your brain health in the in the capacity that that um, you're lowering your exposure to that excess cortisol. You can lower the cortisol naturally using Cortigon, uh, but all the ingredients in it also help with certain um, neuronal capacity aspects and, and the uh, the uh, ability to function cognitively better. Because mm-hmm. one thing that people notice in terms of like a, a really evident symptom of uh, excess cortisol levels is brain fog. Mm. It's kind of a nebulous symptom, right? It's just kind of, everyone knows what it is, where it's just, I'm just not able to focus. I feel stressed out or like on edge, kind of anxious all the time. That's the brain fog. And and you don't feel like you're very productive throughout the day. Like a lot of people go through their day with brain fog and they just like don't get anything done all day. Mm -hmm. It's kind of floating there. Yeah. Almost like they're stuck in a time warp too, because every time they look at the clock, it's only like a minute has passed. Yeah. A lot of people exist like that on a daily basis, and if that's something you don't want to deal with, 
Cortigon is a good thing for you to take. Uh, you can go read the reviews over at umzu.com. We have a lot of great re- reviews on Cortigon, and, and you'll notice that the, there's common themes to those reviews. I mean, people say, wow, I feel just so much more focused. I'm so much more calm. Uh, my ex- anxiety went away. I remember seeing one where it was like, this is a game changer for my girlfriend. Like she started taking it. Her anxiety's gone. She's being calm now, uh, feeling really good. And you start to have more energy and it feels good to get out of that and let the brain fog really lift and see how much you are really capable of. Uh, Because when you do go through those periods and hopefully you can get it to where it's all the time where you're just feeling good all the time, like you can get so much done and you f- you start feeling better about yourself when you are getting a lot done too. Uh, Cortigon, the the key ingredient, the main ingredient in it is called phosphatidylserine, and phosphatidylserine has a massive body of research on it for hormonal reasons, including cortisol regulation, but also for um, even uh, reversing neurodegenerative issues. Mm-hmm. So there there is actually an FDA approved health claim on that in the in older people that it can help to reverse neurodegenerative um, or cognitive decline type stuff, mm-hmm. and uh, especially in Alzheimer's patients. It's one of the most abundant uh, aminophospholipids in the brain tissue too, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a naturally occurring thing in your brain. It's just that a lot of deficiencies over the years and stress and everything kind of depletes it. And a lot of pe- that's why people have profound um, experiences as, as they get older when they start using phosphatidylserine, like everything starts coming back. Mm-hmm. into into proper functioning uh, we also have you know like a high dose of thiamine in it also b6 and b12 and then ginkgo biloba which we've talked about before i think mm-hmm. on the podcast or on videos or something mm-hmm. and uh ginkgo is pretty awesome jayton found out it's the world's oldest tree yeah uh over 3500 years old um which it's is really old ash tree yeah it actually has a direct um inhibitory effect on the secretion of cortisol, which is really interesting. So so if you have a lot of stress and you don't want to have a lot of stress, Cortigon is going to be a good tool in your toolbox. Um, I take two of them per day right now. Uh, you can take one per day. The way we formulated it now, it's uh, the, the exact dose you need is all just in one capsule, which is pretty helpful for a lot of people that don't like to take a lot of capsules every day. Mm-hmm. So you can take one. Uh, my dad takes a bunch. Uh, it's it's really helped him. Uh, to, he has one of those brains where it just doesn't turn off, mm-hmm. and he has trouble sleeping because he he's always thinking like overactive, uh, which I would characterize as like sympathetic dominance situation. Definitely. So it's really helped him a lot to just kind of calm his mind, focus throughout the day, get to sleep, and, and that sort of thing. So he takes it every single day. Um, but yeah, you can you can check out Cortigon for yourself if this sounds interesting to you over at umzu.com, umzu.com. Uh, just search for Cortigon or you'll find it on the homepage. It'll be on the homepage. Heck yeah. All right. Well, thanks for listening to this episode of the Thermodiet Podcast. Hopefully it was helpful for you. Uh, if you're not subscribed already, just subscribe wherever you like listening to podcasts. I mean, we have it pretty much everywhere, I think, at this point. Uh, iTunes or Apple Podcasts, whatever. Google, um, Spotify, Spotify, YouTube, YouTube. Um, you can find it everywhere. You can find it on the website, also thermodiet.com. Hmm. And uh, make sure to hit up the Facebook group too. Yep, get yeah. in that Facebook group, Thermodiet Community on Facebook. Awesome group. Uh, thanks for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode.